when I come through with the Glock jet black, you niggas step back. I'm the best at you know I know I'm printed to this, making my niggas we invented the shit. I came into the business with this to get original and ungraded Armstrong. Armstrong, drop my shit. <laughs> Trust and roll it up for me when I'm stressed. You might catch me in Atlanta. 
Step up, fake niggas. This is not for you. This is the real shit. Always been the real shit. MOP, motherfuckers.
I'm from the streets where the hood can swallow on me. Bullets will follow on me. There's so much that you can run the slalom. The cops comb this top to bottom. They say that we are prone to violence, but it's home sweet home. With personalities clashing, chrome meets chrome. Prices up and down like it's Wall Street home. But this is worse than the Dow Jones. Your brains are now blown all over that brown brown. When slip, you are now gone. Welcome to hell where you are. Welcome to sell. But when the shells come, you better return them. All scars, we earn them. All cars, we learn them like the back of our hand. We watch for cops hopping out the back of van. Wear a G on my chest, I don't need that for Dan. This ain't a sewn outfit, Holmes Holmes is about it Was clapping them flamers before I became famous But playing me, y'all shall forever remain nameless I am home, short You don't know what you're doing to me, baby I can't keep living in this world Yeah. 
black rain Faster than a red ghost Getting ghosts with Pac-Man One time, no, I got a knack to get that change Leader of the black gang R.O.C., man Allow me to reintroduce myself My name is Ho Oh, H to the O.V. I used to move snowflakes by the O.Z. I guess even back then you can call me CEO of the R.O.C. Ho Fresh out the frying pan into the fire I be the music biz number one supplier Flyer than a piece of paper bearing my name Got the hottest chick in the game wearing my chain That's right, ho, ho Not D.O.C. but similar to them letters No one could do it better I check cheddar like a food inspector My homie Strick told me, dude, finish your breakfast So that's what I'ma do, take you back to the dude with the Lexus Fast forward the jewels and the necklace Let me tell you dudes what I do to protect us Shoot at you actors like movie directors <laughs> you out of earth Well, if it's a wee, then I'm a 
inside of your soul and you can find out it never exists. I can feel the changes. I can feel a new life. I always knew life can be dangerous. I can say that I like a challenge and you to me is painless. You don't know what pain is. How can I paint this picture when the colorblind is hanging with you? Fell on my face and I woke with a scar. Another mistake living deep in my heart. Worried on top of my sleeve in a flick. I can admit that it did look like yours. Why you resent every making of his? Tell me your purpose is steady again. But even a small light, I can't burn a bridge. Even a small light, I can't burn a bridge. I can is our turn, baby.
fateful trip that started from this tropic port aboard this tiny ship. The mate was a mighty sailor man, skipper brave and sure. Five passengers set sail that day for a three-hour tour. A three-hour tour. The weather started getting rough. The tiny ship was tossed. If not for the courage of a fearless crew, the middle would be lost. The middle would be lost. The ship set ground on the shore of this uncharted desert isle with Gilligan. The skipper too. A millionaire and his wife. This is the tale of our castaways, they're here for a long, long time. They'll have to make the best of things, it's an uphill climb. But first mate and his skipper too will do their very best to make the others comfortable in the tropic island nest. No phone, no lights, no motor car, not a single luxury. Like Robinson Crusoe, it's primitive as can be. So join us here each week, my friends, you're sure to get a smile From seven stranded castaways here on Gilligan's Isle Yeah, ladies, I know you're tired of the same old thing. Things have become so mundane. I mean, your bedroom is just so cold. It's so cold, but I'm here to tell you, I got a strategy. We got to heat it up. Come on. sometimes but when you feel like you need me or you can call me you see because I'll be somewhere around you see not only that you see I'll be your bridge over troubled waters you see the reason why I say this baby is because I love you girl I lost you baby and you
Miss me, for we've been together like Nike Airs and crisp tees, S-dots with polo fleeces, purple label shit with the logo secret, give me a couple years, shit, I might just sneak in, a couple words and like peaches and herbs, we'll be reunited and feel so hood, how the whole world saying, I still so good, well I do this in my slumber summer, I ain't none of these half-ass newcomers, you know how I do summer, I drop heat when you bring the sun up, the combo make niggas act up, I pick a gun up. Niggas back up, they know I'm not no fronter I don't talk shit, I just flip it on ya
Ass took her to the top, she'll give you some brains You let her throw up the rock, let her put on your chain She'll throw you some cock, picture that Like Megan Good and Jamie Foxx Hype said it's a rap, she's still on the set Putting oil on her legs like she Gloria Valance She was eye candy in the double excel Hopped off the page and on a skateboard with Pharrell I knew she Cause $500 can't get you that How you get that? And all these new video bitches trying to be Melissa Ford But they don't know Melissa Ford Drive behind the car She a video vixen But behind closed doors She do whatever it takes to get to the Grammy Awards <laughs> Fucking them rap stars You know who you are Put your hands up ladies If you kept your legs closed But you know Fucking them rap stars You know who you are I wrote this song for you Take them back. Uh-huh. Coming up, I was confused. My mommy kissing a girl. Confusion occurs coming up in the cold world. Daddy ain't around, probably out committing felonies. My favorite rapper used to sing, check, check out my melody. I wanna live good, so shit, I sell dope for a four-finger ring. One of them go ropes. Nana told me if I pass, I get a sheepskin coat. If I can move a few packs, I get the hat. Now that'd be dope, tossed and turned in my sleep that night. Woke up the next morning, niggas have stole my bike Different day, same shit, ain't nothing good In the hood, I run away from this bitch and never come back if I could Needed to love it, the underdog's on top And I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops Go ahead and read me I'm Raps MVP, and I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me. Hated the love with the underdogs on top, and I'm gon' shine, homie, until my heart stops. Go ahead and read me. I'm Raps MVP, and I ain't going nowhere so you can get to know me. I must relax you, I mean, I mean, totally relax you. Because love is a kind of a thing that, that you shouldn't do unless you're totally at ease. So baby, let me, let me totally relax you. Yeah. 
to where you feel that you're ready for that you're ready for anything let me put my hand right there
chips, hundred dollar bills, pill on the cotties, another four wheels, write a book full of medicine and generate mills, tore the album, only for more sales, we used to catch those on the block with crails, now it's paid shows, promoters post up bills, sign deals only if the math is real, if you can't match numbers then you can't have a head, and charge live Rhymes artists, pardon, P-dub shines regardless, remorseless, haunts again like poltergeist, my vice for a get like that, this thing twice, man, who want it? Loose again, make the news when we start forming, snatch stripes off in uniforms often, doing it bad shit, Delph, your way out to jurisdiction, watch again, post on the grill, I don't fuck around, Dunny, it's most real, I keep it though, yo, let me back up for him, let me back up, yo, yo. That I do to a bastard Keep fucking around Won't be nobody strong enough to Strong enough to Yeah I leave them in shock Niggas get sentenced to life And stressed in the box Most of my friends got murdered And damn I feel lost Wish I was dead when it popped off Nobody but me I got a whole gang of niggas But that's how you gotta think If you wanna make it alive And all in one piece It takes much more than them things to Yeah Yo Sonny I'm well connected in the street Lord to each other when it come to that beef we get, we, get, we get Don't worry about a thing, my nigga, I forever leave Even when shit gets hard, I'm going to make sure that I'm around to hold you We'll never leave inside until the day I die, I'm gonna They might break your bones, but the nine millimeter it will bore your dome. I'm talking about the toe tagging, huh, the body bagging, man, the dying. Huh, mamas are crying, casket buying. Who me dying? Leave my family crying. Hell no, I cause them bloodbaths and showers. Send me commissary, mother. Them flowers, thoughts of soda. I'm leaving my daughters. Hours and hours of fears running through my mind as I pick up the Zig 9. Beat starts, 
with the shove, then ends with the shovel. And standing on your corner, reminiscent of you, but your ass is out and you're dead and gone. So who'd you rather be, the murdered or the murderer? Got me stressed, I got my tech in my vest, then I sing, who job bless? Let no man curse. But one of us will leave here tonight in the hearse when we'll be tried by 12 and fertilizing daisies, crying mamas and cousins and crying babies due to the fact that death is a must. Ashes to ashes and dust to dust. It's getting bust for in God with trust. So if you're coming to my town and try to slow the dough down, you must be casket bound. Cause I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six. I saw my name in the book at your funeral. The zigs on my hip with an extra clip Cause I'd rather be tried by 12 than carried by six Six I'm gonna take it. My bathtub lift up, my walls do a 360. We got this shit that the government got. Talking money, then you rubbing the spot. Real niggas say that they be wild. We on the Cayman Islands, on a yacht with our favorite albums. A bad hole in a plate of salmon. Smoking and drinking, nigga, is you thinking that our fate is violent? I love my nigga for the fact that he real. And nobody on the faculty square. What? And if you facing capital pun, pass me a gun. And I'ma give you time to run while I rapidly peel.
Because we're going to put this out as a mix, the people have to understand that this was an all-wax set, and they got to understand how difficult it is when you're dealing with originals that, you know, aren't synced to a specific tempo. They kind of like swinging back and forth. And so tell us, like, what the purpose of this... Was there any purpose, or did you just want to say... You just want to just throw down some regular uh, random shit? You know what? I think these days, uh, technology, you know, we all... A lot of us are probably DJs here. Uh, technology has kind of made it uh, not easy. It's like people are still very creative, but you know, it's kind of a different art form from what I had to learn, how I grew up DJing. Like, this is what we used to have to do if we wanted to do all the elaborate sets that everyone does. We had to literally have a stack of records ready to go. You know, nowadays you just press a button. You can, you can create the beat over. We had to create beats by, by hand. We had to think about all that. And I, I think that process actually kind of really guided how hip hop was made. You know, hip hop, how Premiere makes it, how Just Blaze makes it uh, during that time period. It kind of really pushed them when they heard songs like, all right, how can I flip these samples? Right. So uh, I have been DJing now, my God. 
I'm 42 years old. I hope I don't look it. So I've been DJing <laughs> since uh, 97. I started as a turntablist, but I actually found my niche doing this stuff. And I, I made a mixtape called Original. Um, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> maybe, uh, oh my God, maybe 12 years ago. And uh, everything that I've been able to do has come from me making my mixtapes and kind of stepping away from the turntablist world. So as DJs, we all kind of struggle to make ourselves different. So what's the difference between me, you, you, you? Yeah. Uh, these days, everyone can get the same music. Literally, everyone can get the exact same transitions from DJ City, you know? And everyone kind of ends up sounding the same. But back in the day, like, if you didn't have the record, you just couldn't play it. Right. That was that. Right. So it, there was like it was also like a buried treasure kind of thing, and your arsenal also defined how good you were, how what you could do it, especially back in the day. So I know you wanted to talk about the get down, like you know having records back in the day. Like we didn't have everything. I had to go out and search for all these, spend a lot of money, uh, mess up a bunch of stuff. Right. Which, as it turns out, a lot of these records, uh, the last half of the set was kind of freestyled. Like you didn't hear, if you didn't hear me play that, I was just pulling them out of the crates and, right. you know, I haven't played these in, uh, I don't know, good five, six years. Damn. So that's why they were all crack, like crackly. In regards to the more, I guess the more recent songs like, like the Kendrick Lamar, Kill My Vibe, um, was that a sample you had before or did you no, just pick no. that up? I like these days it's a lot easier to search for stuff um, and a lot of times it'll be on the label already but Kendrick Drake a lot of the stuff that they sample is kind of current it's not difficult to get oh. as opposed to stuff from back in the day like I wanted to do uh, one of the other Jay-Z songs uh, Song Cry and I could have sworn I had that record in, in my library and didn't I did some research it's like a $200 record so I was like, forget it. I'm cool. <laughs> I won't do that one. So wait, so when you say you had it in your library, you didn't, is that just because you couldn't find it? Or do you have it organized in a fashion that my you could old, go back? My old record state, um, yeah. I still have everything organized um, to a certain extent. I'm pretty bad, but as you see, this is my organization right here. <laughs> but if, if no one touches my stuff, I can kind of remember where I put it last and I'll be able to find it kind of comes yeah. back to you yeah and absolutely. you were talking about like getting away from turntablism to what you evolved into mm. well what did you what do you feel you evolved into in your term and then two, yeah. like where do you see that balance between the turntablist and you know what kind of djing just kind of became you know with the, where, where there's a balance between turntablism in the party rocking scene and in, in different areas hmm uh, well, f what I ended up evolving into, I guess, is uh, if you like, so I, like I said, I'm 42 years old. I started DJing when I was 21 years old. I was a hardcore turntablist. That's all we did. Okay. A student of Cubert, literally a student of, of the X-Men. So the X-Men are, are the people who taught me how to DJ. Mr. Sinister, Rob Swift, uh, Rock Raider, rest in peace. Those were the guys who took me under their wing. And that's what we all did. Back then, though, uh, it was weird. The the worlds were really, really separate. You know, like uh, DJ Clue and um, like a K Slay. Well, Flex. Flex gets a lot of respect for me because he's been around forever. So he could do whatever he wants, drop bombs all day. That's him. Um, <laughs> but 
basically there was a difference. So you had you had a DJ like Flex, right? Right. You know, compared to Qbert, is he can he do anything close to what Qbert could do? Probably not. Technically, probably not. But especially back in the like the golden era of of the turntables community, kind of the same thing. Like you couldn't take a turntablist and put him in front of him or her in front of Funkmaster Flex's crowd and expect them to kill it. It was almost an impossibility. And I'm, you know, I'm not calling anyone. I'm calling myself out, my crew, like the X-Men. We were uh, the, the Scratch Pickles. Like, you know, you can't imagine Kubert killing a party just playing records, you know, and fist pumping. And not, that's not what he does. He, he's one of the few DJs who actually has been able to subsist uh, you know, consistently just being a scratch musician. Um, I started out like that, but I couldn't make money just beat juggling. I couldn't turn it, turn my passion into a career. So I was able to kind of find this niche with the the mixtape thing. According to every story I've ever heard, the reason why I ended up working with Jay was because of the mixtapes I made, like a, a direct line. Someone played my mixtapes for him. Someone played my mixtapes for the people at Vibe Magazine. Some people played my mixtapes for the people at MTV. My name got big because of the mixtapes. And, and, you know, mixtapes that were different from Clue, from K-Slay, from, you know, they were artistic stuff like this and, uh, you know, all the blending stuff I was doing. And eventually they got into Jay-Z's hands and, yeah, I got to DJ for him. So that all came from, you know, turntablism. You know, I kept aspects of it, but then I found my own little niche and then went from there now let's talk about you saying how you got to tour with jay-z what era was that and we were off off the air we were talking about how there was no snapchat there was no instagram yeah like what was what was tour like like what was, what would have been on your snapchat <laughs> oh back then uh Actually, we would have probably gotten in trouble. They hated that. <laughs> if really? uh, social media stuff was kind of kind of bad back then, which if you notice, like, uh, shoot the DJ. So after me came Young Guru, and after Young Guru was a kid named Jusky, and Jusky, I don't think he he ever really promoted himself as like Jay Z's DJ. That was not his thing at all, right. you know. Or posted stuff about his tours. I don't think it was really a part of the thing. Um, DJing for Jay was amazing, but uh, this I actually learned from A-Track, right? So the reason why I ended up working with Jay was because Jay really seemed to follow kind of Kanye's creative lead. So Kanye got A-Track to DJ for him. And, you know, he was a very specific type of DJ. He scratched, he cut, he was involved in building the show and I mean we all know A-Track's skill set is vast and at the time um, Jay's longtime DJ was Green Lantern forever as, as long as I, I'm pretty sure he started at In My Lifetime that's when and Green came on but Green isn't really that type of DJ you know he doesn't work with a band you know he's just he's that dude it's two MCs like you know it would be Memphis Bleak Jay and Green Lantern but when they wanted to introduce a band, he needed a, a DJ who did that. So, you know, from my turntablist roots, same thing. I used to DJ for a jazz band. Um, and, of course, you know, I was known in that scene. On the other side, I 
was like blogging for Hypebeast already back then and I already had a relationship with Adidas and I was kind of already in the streetwear, street culture scene. So I had enough of a brand to to work with Jay. Right. And then it was literally, a, it was a Wednesday night. My manager wrote me a letter. I was playing Guitar Hero in my drawers and <laughs> he, uh, he wrote me an email and he was like, you're in line to be Jay-Z's DJ. And I was like, get the hell out of here. And went back to playing Guitar Hero. <laughs> And it was by by that next Friday I was uh, in Orlando, and it was kind of I guess my audition. I didn't I had no idea what the hell was going on. I go into this studio space, and the band is there, the Rock Boys, uh, Beyonce is there, Jay is there. Jay's uh, road manager comes up to me, and he's like, "Oh, you're you're the DJ. All right, uh, let's go get you ready." And I thought I was just gonna be like this, chilling out. And yeah. uh, they literally, like Jay's here, they set up the turntables right in front of him. And they're like, all right, we're ready to go. And that was that. And Jay, Jay's first thing he says to me was, uh, thank you for doing this. That's, that's the type of, you know, humble dude as well. Are you thanking me? Thank you. <laughs> and then, you know, I guess they played Show Me What You Got. That was, that, and put a record down, cut. And by that next Monday, we were in front of 10,000 people. So everything happened kind of overnight, but not really, right? right. right. This is a, a American tour or international? So we did the tour with Mary J and Jay, no, Mary J Blige and Jay. So it was the hardest city tour. I think it was kind of a, a after that whole R. Kelly debacle thing that happened. And then I did part of the Blueprint 3 tour and then Young Guru took over. And in between, actually, I guess it, it must've been 2000, 2009 AM did like maybe six shows in between it. Yeah. Oh. So I'm in good company for sure. Oh, so you're you're a foodie, right? Oh yeah, that's that's where her belly comes from. <laughs> <laughs> so you you're, you've been doing or you're gonna start DJing? You have a show coming up with like a food and wine type of festival. Yeah. What kind what kind I of guess. set would you play at a food and wine festival? Oh, you know what? Food and wine festivals you would have. They were playing like Gangstar, <laughs> like stuff. I was like. Do you people know this music? Like, it, it's really surprising. Their like, wine glasses. Oh, you know, people you wouldn't think have any interest in that type of music. I guess I don't know. Whoever the music director was there was kind of a cool dude. But um, I am doing. I'm. I'm really into food. I'm really into music. Uh, I. You know how I was speaking about these days as DJs, we kind of have to try to differentiate ourselves. I've kind of entered the foodie lane. Um, I work with a lot of chefs. Uh, chef. Gio Delgado over here. So tomorrow, well, wait, kid, the dinner sold out, right? So, all right, you guys can't come to dinner. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but you guys can come to the party. So we are doing a, this thing I call dinner and a mixtape. So I, I still love making mixtapes. That's my thing. Uh, someone heard original before, so that's a good thing. Um, I still love doing that stuff. I still love st playing Stevie Wonder. I still love playing, you know, blends. And I love rock music and I love whatever, but... I don't know, you can't go into a club now and you know unless it's a specific party but like you know go to Greystone at 11 and play Stevie like I don't know that might not work <laughs> so instead of complaining about the state of clubs you know that's the normal thing a DJ does oh right. these kids today don't know music right. it's Pretty not true complaining. you know it, it's not true like I, my music was not like my parents music you know and it, it, I'm 42 years old my kids should be in the club 
So they shouldn't want to listen to what I listen to. They want they they have their own thing, and you know that's great. But I've found that the stuff that I love to play is perfect at dinner, at brunch, and I mean there's tons of brunch parties now. There's tons of dinner parties. So that's I've kind of moved my niche into that space. And you know as since I've been DJing so long, I guess uh, 22 years now, a lot of my core audience is grown up. They're not going to a club on a Tuesday. They're not going to a club on a Thursday. They're going to go to dinner. Absolutely. So that's why our, our dinner sold out. <laughs> you know, they still want to hear hits. They still want to, you know, party with people, but they're not trying to go crazy at a club anymore. And the goal of, the, of this is to do this around the country? Yeah, and we I actually, I've done one in Hong Kong, two in Manila, uh, where else? One in Toronto. Uh, I've done one with Roy Choi at Pot. I did one with uh, Dale Talde, who was on uh, this Top Chef or something. Um, it's oddly enough, there is, you know how there's all, all the DJs kind of hang out with each other? Kind of the same thing in the chef world. You know, it's a kind of a, it's a creative process that's also a business. So like-minded people kind of end up hanging out with each other. And I, I guarantee you, you find a chef, that chef loves music. Like, I'm, I'm positive, absolutely. So uh, this event is the joining of those two things that I love. So off the top, tell us your favorite places to eat around the world. Uh, that's difficult. <laughs> uh, Travel right, to, right, to right. eat? Yeah, yeah, give me a, give me a, th- like, it's easier if you, all right, Japan, uh, where, all right, let me think, best burger, see, you, you can't put me on the spot like I've eaten, <laughs> obviously I've eaten a lot, so, how about, all right, in LA, where, where do I like Besides to eat Besides Gio's food. <laughs> uh, yeah, Bessia, but we're, man, I haven't been here in a minute, I gotta think about, what about right, New York? <sighs> oh, you're, you're, asking, you're asking really tough questions, man. <laughs> um, all right. There's a place that it's called Raul's that they only make 12 burgers every night. Oh, it's a champagne cognac something. They use that as a as like the topping, and you can only get it at the bar. It's an off the menu item, and they in GQ magazine in like 2014 wrote that this is the best burger in the U.S. in 2014. And it hasn't quite caught on. I think because they did it the way they did it, like they'll only make 12 every night. Like that's it. The best burger in, like one of my favorite burgers is this place in Atlanta, uh, Holman and Finch, which they, is, a, is like a uplifted uh, White Castles burger, if you guys ever had White Castles. Uh-huh. And I mean, I don't know. That's just the burgers. <laughs> the pizza, the sushi. Uh, I don't know. They, that we could go on forever, but those are that was the the interesting one I could tell we'll, you about. We'll keep moving. With All right. Wait, wait to complicate his brain. <laughs> I should have prepared. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you should have before. Specify, man. Um, you mentioned earlier you blogged for Hype East. Yeah, back in the day, what they was... used to have a blog. Like I was on it. Uh, Joy Yoon. I forgot who else. Um. But they stopped it like maybe in 2010, 2011. Okay. Yeah. There was a lot of us on there. And what was your, like, you were just writing blogs or, um, I know you also mentioned you had a tight relationship with Adidas. Was that based off of the DJ side of things or were you involved working with them? Adidas kind of started, 
cut same from the mixtapes. These people at, at Adidas, at the store, at, at the, the corporate office in New York, they knew me from my mixes. Yeah. From the mixes, they're like, hey, you want to do a couple of events? From the events, it turned into more. Um, I think I've been to every all-star, NBA all-star game except for maybe one in the last 10 years. Wow. I think. Or I, um, I'm sorry. I've been to a bunch of the games that I've been to. Like, I've done Adidas events for them right. since probably like 2005 from what I remember maybe there's only one year I didn't go with um, when they did New Orleans but that all came from you know people sense. listening to my mixtapes is that in the rider go if I do the event no I mean you're also mentioning like, you're a big inf- you were a big influencer for them I mean they're just they're popping off right now kind of crazy yeah um, definitely but you were like there when they were on you know early getting their on, rise yeah. early in the, on in the early on for a, a lack of a better way to put it like i you know i was the dude before pharrell kadye nigo i right. was the the lone you know streetwear influencer culture yeah level. you rode with them yeah <laughs> like everyone else was like uh who else was there at the time sky i forget her last name you know, like if there was an artist, it would be a Katy Perry. Right. It would be whatever Missy Elliott, um, and everyone else was athletes. That you know, this is before, like they were. You know, Adidas has done so much, like that they just don't get credit for. Like the reason why sneakers are part of hip hop culture in the way that they are today is because Adidas did something with Run DMC. Right. Like that's a you know a known fact. If right. they didn't do that, there wouldn't be Kanye being endorsed by Adidas. There wouldn't be whatever. It'd just be a different world. So they were always kind of on the forefront of doing that. And I was lucky I got in at the ground floor. What's your take on Adidas right now? Like, and the movement and the influence? I like- mean, is it? Like, who's wearing Adidas? See, I see some Ultra Boost right there. There we go. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like for me, of course, as a, a semi sneaker head, as a music snob you know there's a, the love the part of me that's that's a snob you know right that's like they welcome to the party you know i've been here <laughs> you know like that but uh, in the overall thing it's to me it's great you know i i've been lucky enough to be part of the adidas family for so long and for them to be getting the type of attention that they are yeah, it's amazing um but there, you know, there's still a lot more to do. Um, as far as like, uh, you know, if you go to your average like sneaker con, the models that are coming out, they're not, you know, nearly as. There's not. There's the the competition has way more going on in sneaker con and and that type of world. Yeah. But as far as I don't know the hipster current, you know, cool guy thing. Yeah, Adidas got it on lock right now. So you know, I'm cool. I'm happy with that for sure. When's the last time you wore Nike? <laughs> uh, and you know what I could tell people it's not a big deal um, I used to only wear Air Maxes <laughs> up until like until I was like you know sponsor sponsored sure. uh, you know not only but you know that was the thing like I wanted I always wanted to get Air Maxes whenever yeah. I was somewhere around um, 90s uh, 95s 98s 95s I forgot what the other, I, I had a lot of 95s for sure but then um, as far as collecting I guess right. but of course like I'm 
I think any, you know, I'm 42 years old. Of course, I've had a pair of shell toes. Like, right, right. If I didn't, I don't know. <laughs> I'll go back to the drawing board. Let's talk about the get down. A lot of controversy <laughs> surrounding that. Do y'all you, like you it? Do y'all like the get down? Yeah. Yeah, you like it overall? Yeah. yeah. You, you being right. from New York, I feel like you have a, a say a in this yeah. with that, you know, represents something. I appreciate substance. that. Well, I'm not quite that old. <laughs> <laughs> not um, that old. I'm just saying, you're from New York. You've been around. Yeah. I don't, you know, I think it is a, a good show for what it is. You know, I've watched the whole thing, get past the first episode. The first episode is uh, not a good representation of the overall story. I think they got a lot of stuff I, right, I guess. I, got, I think they got a lot of stuff wrong, too. Um, the stuff that they did get right is so all right so you guys know who dj shortcut is yeah yes. so for my <laughs> shortcut is uh one of the best djs absolutely part of the beat junkies um i think there might be a, a question about in, involving him and his other crewmate mate who's a, a friend of mine um anyway i, I kind of gave the answer away so if <laughs> they, they didn't include it um shortcut used to be a, a battle DJ as well. And I saw him battle in 1995 in New York City. And he's Filipino-American like myself. And I'm not sure what was going on here in LA, but in New York, you know, in general, it's safe to say that the majority of people who were into hip hop were black Latino kids, a couple of white kids. For sure, not a lot of Asian kids. I could count them on my finger, you know, on one hand, or the, the ones that I would see. and um. Shortcut did this DJ battle against a kid named uh, DJ Noise. He ended up losing, but it was amazing to me to see him up there. You know, someone who kind of looked like me, who was, you know, people didn't care. They didn't care what color he was, what, you know, the shape of his eyes, how tall he was. They, they just wanted to hear him kill it. And I was like, all right, I, I could do that. I, I think I could do that. And that's how everything kind of started for me back mm -hmm. then. But anyway, why I bring that up is uh, that that spark. You know, there's a spark that I saw, and I was like, like, like literally in awe. I was like, "Holy shit! How is he doing all this?" Right. And that I saw something like that in the Get Down, like when he saw them at, at the party at the and yeah, absolutely, it was just like that. And my whole world got flipped. I was a normal kid. Uh, not really a kid I was 21 when I started DJing but I had a normal job I had a well paying job I used to work for an investment banking firm Thai you know everything and everything was gravy and then I saw that and I was like alright this, this is not for me I gotta go do this right. let's talk about Poe it's been a year since the tour um, yeah I guess so do you guys know who Poe is, by any chance, yeah. anyone? All right. So Poe was my, my dog, uh, who unfortunately he passed away in last February. Mm -hmm. But it was it was his time. He had a great long life. You had a lot um, of support with that. Yeah. Oh, way more support than me being a DJ. <laughs> my, my dog got more followers than everybody in this room right now. Like, um, no, nah, it was crazy. Like, uh when we started we started a trip basically we found out that he was sick he had he was in kidney failure and we were told that he was gonna die like tomorrow possibly so i dropped everything 
And instead of flying everywhere, instead of flying to Asian, flying all over the U.S., we just drove. So we, we ended up taking him all the way to California, uh, brought him to the dog beach down in San Diego, uh, got him to swim for the first time, a bunch of stuff. And uh, his story just went viral. So we started the trip. I don't know. It was all my friends, like 500 people following him. By the end of it, there was 130,000 people following Damn. him on Instagram. And Destroy, do you guys know who Destroy is? Destroy from The Arsonist, and he does a lot of stuff. He just was laughing at me. He was like, you've been DJing for how many years? Right. And you only got, what, 18,000 followers? You ain't doing this right, Neil. <laughs> you gotta learn from your dog. <laughs> oh, man. And um, his whole story kind of took a life of its own. Um, just the stuff we learned up about senior care, like... Uh, you know, I never knew there was acupuncture for dogs, chiropractic for dogs. Eh? And they got all that stuff. Damn. So we learned that, and now we're taking that and kind of using the platform that was built to kind of keep spreading that type of knowledge. Dope. Yeah. That's awesome, man. So you're, um, you just released your uh, side piece. Valentine's side piece Valentine's. It's coming out tomorrow. Oh, I hope. I have to actually borrow... I'm gonna borrow. A <laughs> I have I have to do a little bit of work after this, so I'm not done. My night's not done. Oh, sure. But basically, uh, it is it is side piece Valentine's. You know, it's all about like the songs that are not like the clean love creep. <laughs> and, the side piece joints. <laughs> yes, the side piece joints about like SWV like talking about you know what your girl don't know won't hurt her like stuff like that and so that's the whole point and since every day except for valentine's day is side piece valentine's day it's still appropriate baby you get every day every other day exactly see, <laughs> see he knows see. he knows exactly hey, what's going do on that. Don't do that. <laughs> i'm single i can say this no do you know how difficult it was to even invite somebody to the dinner when it's titled side piece valentine's i know dinner? i know i was <laughs> like i'm like coming from a single standpoint like hey um look i know what it says yeah, <laughs> I know. I thought about that. I was like, man, nah, whatever. I was like, Geo, send me the other flyer, bro. I need that. Sold out. So sold out, though. Everybody yeah. got a side piece in LA. Hey, again, our last question leads us to chicken. the fifth platoon, and you'll give us the answer to the trivia question, which right. is, uh, who are the original members of the fifth platoon, and what year did? Uh, or what year did it come together? Right. And uh, special DJ Special K won, and the answer is congrats, Special K. All right, the members of my original DJ crew are myself, DJ Daddy Dog, DJ Rolly Roll, DJ Vinrock, DJ Cutting Candy. So we had one of the premier female turntables DJs, and a kid named I Emerge, and a kid named Doughboy. So those that was our, my original DJ crew. And we started DJing, got 97, and yeah. so 19 years, wait, 20, wait, what's wrong with me? <laughs> it's a while. Yeah, yeah, 19 years, yeah, right? 19 years. And I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> it's flown by. Yeah. Dope, well, cool. give it up for Neil Armstrong. Thank you, guys.